So I hope you weren't too bored with that long, old, low-quality vintage video. And by the way, you saw the stone throwing. That's what happened to Ken. He was just on the wrong end of that when you saw that part on him. Um, anyways, uh, as the message goes on, you will see how that video fits into our theme for today. Our theme scripture for this whole series that we're doing is called Behold, Children Are a Heritage from the Lord, the Fruit of the Womb, a Reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children of one's youth. So says Solomon, who the Bible describes as the wisest man who uh, ever lived. And that means he's worth li listening to as he describes our kids like arrows. Last week, we started a five-week series on parenting called Arrows, Living Towards the Mark. And we asked the question, when we're raising children, when we're raising these little arrows of ours, what are we aiming for? What are we aiming to do? What is our target? And using Jesus' words, seek first the kingdom of God, I describe the target this way. The target is kids who know Jesus deeply and personally, who grow up to live on mission for Jesus. They are kingdom warriors making a difference in this world, living and loving like Jesus. This week, we're going to talk about the same target, but I want to word it a little differently, maybe in a little shorter way. Uh, today, I, I just want to describe uh, the target this way. Raising kids who so trust God that they have no fear about joining with God and making this world a better place. We want to raise no-fear kids for Jesus. And you thought, all that you were supposed to do and what you want your church to help you to do is help your kids establish a few good moral boundaries to live by with a, a few positive biblical virtues so the kids will cope well in this world and get a good job and live a good life. Hey, good moral boundaries and virtues are great. They're just not the target. The target is kids who so trust God that they have no fear about joining with God and making this world a better place. Last week, I, I talked about uh, what kind of environment we, we need to provide our kids to reach this target, that the most important part of the environment is safe, loving till death do us part relationships with your kids. So we're talking strong relationships in the context of raising children to become passionate followers of Jesus who are truly kingdom warriors. Now to, today, to help us with reaching both our target and the need to build lifelong relationships with our kids, I've titled my message, Raising Outdoor Kids in an Indoor World, and I've stolen that title from one of the best non-Christian books on parenting I've read. In fact, it's better than most Christian books on parenting. I'm talking about Stephen Ronella's Outdoor Kids in an Inside World, Getting Your Family Out of the House and Radically Engaged with Nature. I cannot recommend this book enough in audio or print, especially for families in a city like Fort McMurray. His premise is that outdoor time is more important than screen time for the holistic development of healthy children. Uh, Steve Rinella is the guy behind the wildly popular uh, meat eater show on Netflix, which is mostly adventure stories around fishing and hunting, as well as how to work with fish and wild game in the kitchen. The show is incredibly well produced as Rinella brings you into the spectacular beauty of places you might never get to otherwise. And some of you will be glad to know, however, that in his book, he doesn't push hunting too hard. 
He understands that most families reading this book will never take up hunting, but his second to last chapter is called Hunting the Deep End of the Pool. Great title for that chapter, because in my view, there are incredibly powerful experiences that come from hunting that you will just really experience really in no other, in no other way. Um, Ronella starts real easy, and uh, he starts with the nature that you find in any urban setting. Every urban setting has, you know, some nature in it. And then he moves to parks that are around us, so I just want you to look at that fine-looking Fort City kid. That's what we're talking about. And then uh, Ronella moves on to the power of camping that I'm going to talk about, or, or just growing your own stuff long before he gets to anything like fishing or hunting. So it's stuff, stuff we can all do. Now, we live in a world that has radically changed in the last 10 or so years. The radical change happened when most people in Canada and the U.S. start, well, when they all, the majority began to own smartphones. And when that happened was somewhere between 2011 and 2012, most of us began to own cell phones. Uh, smartphones, I should say. Um, sociologists tell us that this created a visible seismic shift in human behavior that particularly created a whole new group of young people who behaved differently and thought differently than anyone else older than them. It was a radical shift with radical implications that we'll talk about more when we get to our message on mental health in two weeks because there is an indisputable link between smartphone ownership and radical behavior change in kids, and it's not a good shift. All I want to do this week is acknowledge the seismic change that happened and insist that outdoor time is more important than screen time for the holistic development of family and children. That outdoor time... We'll do a whole, whole lot more to help us get those arrows on target. But yeah, while it's possible for kids to engage in screen time to help them get on target, you know, there are apps for it and Bible apps, but so often screen time takes kids off target. The other thing that outdoor time is far more powerful than screen time is in developing that lifelong loving till death do us part relationship with our kids. It's not really rocket science that outdoor time is good for you and good for your kids and good for relationships. But we live in a time when kids are experiencing the least amount of outdoor time in the history of humankind, and that's not good. Now, the Bible, it has a little bit to say about the power of the outdoors. The Apostle Paul makes this very strong statement. For ever since the world was created, People have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. No excuse. Get your kids outdoors, and it's one of the best ways to help them see and experience God. The prophet Jeremiah says, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing, nothing is too hard for you. Get your kids outdoors and they will come to understand the great power of God and realize that our God can do anything. And as we teach them to pray, which we do often inside in our homes, they get to experience a God who answers prayer. And are you teaching your kids to pray? And then when you connect prayer to the creator of the outdoors, friends, I tell you, faith 
just soars. It just really takes off. There's an American biologist by the name of E.O. Wilson. Um, he passed away about a year ago. He was known for a lot of things, uh, not that you would all know it, but he was particularly known for his study of ants. But he coined a term, or maybe he just made it popular, called biophilia. I know, you haven't heard of it, so it's not popular with you, but he did this. Which suggests that humans possess an innate tendency to seek connections with nature and other forms of life. There's just something in us that draws us to appreciate the ant or or you know that kid who gets real excited when he kicks over a rock and finds slugs or worms? The Apostle Paul would just say that we're drawn to the Creator through his creation. When you look at the Northern Lights, what happens? And thanks, Denzel Mori, for those awesome pics. Like, what an opportunity to point to God the Creator and sing his praise, right? Hey, get your kids up at night to see the majesty of God, our creator, and, and let them know that this is because of our God. Our God made this. Now, there are lots of ways you can get your kids outdoors. And if you want any ideas, read Ranella's book or listen to his book. Not every idea has to be totally outdoorsy. Semi-outdoorsy is okay. My father was not into rugged camping or canoe tripping like you saw in that video, but he did like boating. And he would use boating <clears throat> to get us out of the city where we would uh, travel Lake Simcoe and the Trent Severn waterways in Ontario, experiencing, you know, the outdoors while building lifelong relationships with each other. My, my personal drive for the outdoors was a little stronger than his, so he agreed to send my brother and I to a more rugged outdoor summer camp. And, and that canoe trip that you saw in the video was part of that camp. And that trip, like uh, many canoe trips that I did over the years, they were just life-altering in helping me to love the outdoors and to love the Creator. And by the way, almost all the guys that you saw in that video still have a, a strong connection to getting outdoors, to doing canoe tripping, and, and most of them still have a strong faith in Jesus today. I believe that there is a connection between experiencing Jesus in the outdoors and developing a faith that endures. Um, that is, you know, if you talk about it when you're outdoors with the kids. I believe that summer camps, like our Alliance Nakanum, are powerful in helping to get kids on target. You should check out Nakanum and get your kids registered. Do it this week. Great kids camp. They have a, a, a great uh, family camp. Uh, they have a paintball camp so you can send your kid out to get welts, all those things. Back when I lived in uh, Thunder Bay, that part of Ontario not only has a great lake, Lake Superior, its shoreline, but it's literally got thousands of little lakes and rivers with logging roads that will get you to them all around the city. So amazing fishing lakes and abundant wildlife, um, bears, wolves, deer, moose, grouse, rabbits, lynx, and you can keep going almost as good as northern Alberta. So one of the traditions that we developed as a family is I would take the kids and some of their friends to a remote lake with a decent camping site far from civilization on the May 24th long weekend, which coincidentally was also the opening of the walleye season. While Jane stayed home to enjoy life without kids, which also meant that more risky stuff could happen. On one trip, I forgot to pack the tents. Best weekend ever. 
sleeping under the stars, making a lean-to where you could see the stars. We experienced what King David experienced when he was a shepherd in the vast Palestinian wilderness. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? And when you're out under the night sky or looking at the northern lights, you, you talk to your kids about the Creator. You make much about Jesus. You might even pause and pray and thank God for his mighty power. Turn those moments into moments when your kids can actually encounter Jesus for themselves. Don't just go, ooh, and ah, isn't that awesome? Talk about Jesus, the creator. And why was I okay about forgetting the tense? Maybe not in the moment, but truth be told, I want my kids to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Let me say that I want my kids to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's a Stephen Ranella thought, but does that make sense? I want my kids to learn to not complain, but to be the kind of people who, who rise to the occasion and, and meet the challenge with grace and humor. Consider Jesus and his disciples who didn't have a home. There's not a hint of complaint about the 12 disciples about that reality. One of the problems, if I can say, with parenting today is how parents work so hard to eliminate uh, challenges and difficulties. Please, don't do that. When we eliminate challenge and difficulties from our kids' lives, our, our kids are conditioned to give up easily without trying. If we're going to try to hit the target with our kids, if our kids are going to learn to so trust God that they have no fear about joining with God and making this world a better place, they have to be trained by embracing challenges and difficulties. And there's a lot of opportunity for that in the outdoors. Other things too, but yes, the outdoors. We could talk weather and how to embrace joyfully bad weather, right? On another trip I took with the kids deep into the bush, truth be told, I was actually scouting for some, uh, some moose in the same area. It was, a, it was a, a great weekend for seeing wildlife. There were rabbits all over the place. We were listening to grouse drumming. That is so cool. Uh, we saw and walked by several bears. Seriously, we, we did. And I made sure that we didn't get between mom and her cubs. You know, I mean, we, we were smart about this, okay? And, and the best was I got the kids within 25 yards of a bull moose, just hovering slightly in the bush watching us. And, and one of my son's friends at 25 yards could not see the moose. So I put my hands on either side of his head, kind of gave it a little shake, kept moving towards, we moved a little, five yards closer until he finally saw it standing right at us. Yeah, he learned how well moose can blend in with the bush. It's, it's a great lesson. We saw a wolf in the distance and then you could hear them howling at night. Listening to wolves howl at night when you're out in a tent, that's the best. Friends, these are amazing experiences where you talk about the Creator, uh, how He cares for His creation and, and loves and cares for us even more. And there are places, friends, all around this city where, where you can do that. I mean, we just abound with opportunity here. Now, I know some of you are a little worried that I've taken kids within fairly close range of moose and bears, wolves not as close. Here's what you need to know. In Canada, there is usually not even one bear attack a year. Usually. There have been years when there have been more than one, but usually, okay? 
But when there is one, just one, all of Canada will hear about it. Black bear attacks are responsible for about one death per year in North America. But if it happens, you will hear about it. Now, somebody can be shot in Fort McMurray and you won't hear about it. True story. Ask Tim or Sean Jenkins about what happened in the home next to them. But if someone has some sort of altercation with a bear, you hear about it. Every bear that makes appearance on my street is famous all over social media, all over the place, right? There have only been three documented wolf attacks in Canada since the year 2002, with only one of them being fatal. But most of us were raised reading a very kid-friendly story, Little Red Riding Hood, who along with her grandmother gets eaten by a big, bad, ferocious wolf. I mean, wolves get a bad rap, okay? I could keep going. And I'm not saying don't be careful, all right? Right? Don't provoke. Keep your distance. Be smart about it. But the amount of fear in our culture, even in this city, is not healthy or helpful. Educate yourself, but uh, don't let fear keep you from exploring deep into our great wilderness all around Fort McMurray. On these trips, I might teach the kids how to use and carry a knife, sharpen a stick with a knife, or sharpen a marshmallow stick for that awesome evening campfire, or use an axe when age appropriate. To use a risky piece of equipment like a knife appeals immensely to a kid's desire for autonomy and danger. You know that. I, I picture King David's dad teaching him the same things. I realize these days are not the same as King David's, but the same passions and desires are still there. Many of you can identify with that. Okay, another idea. Just bring a $10 minnow net and cheap kids' fishing rods. It, it just provides lots of entertainment and identification with nature. And by the way, my experience having three kids, two girls, one son, now adults, it's all fun, irrespective of gender. You might bring a book of animal track identification and see what you can identify. Or, or maybe here's a fun game, who pooped, where you match various animal species with images of their droppings. My point is, when you go camping with a view to getting your arrows to the target, you know, while building lifelong relationship with your arrows. Don't just lounge around and do nothing. You go explore together. You, you see where you can talk about God as you explore together. You engage and play that you can't do at home because maybe it's just semi-risky. You let the kids march around the campfire with their flaming torches, painting the air with smoke. Maybe I'm scaring some of you, I'm not sure. So let me bring you to a Canadian study, yay Canada. One done in 2015 by Mariani Brusani of the Child and Family Research Institute in Vancouver. She and her team uh, did some extensive studies of risky play by Canadian and I think American kids as well. And they found that overall, risky play uh, led to positive effects on healthy child development. Play that is a little bit dangerous is actually good for them. And we're not just talking about good in the physical exercise benefits they get. They found social health benefits along with a lower incidence of aggression, and get this, lower injuries among children who engage in risky and dangerous activities. Flaming torches aside, an outdoor campfire is an amazing experience for kids and adults. We love them, right? Sure, it provides warmth and entertainment, 
but just the whole process of, of uh, getting the fire started and, and uh, watching the flames burn and poking it with a stick and watching it burn until it's just a bed of coals. And, and the kids, they, they helped work to make that moment happen. Collecting the tinder, you know, newspaper, dry grass and kindling, small twigs, uh, moving on to logs. And then maybe digging the campfire pit themselves and lining it with rocks around it. You working with your kids to build a fire. I mean, what an awesome ritual. And yes, you do teach campfire safety as you go along and how to safely extinguish a campfire. It's all part of the ritual. And if you can't, it's tougher around here. Find places to camp where there is no cell service. That's even better. And maybe try, if you are in cell services, because this is oil country, they've got towers everywhere. Um, so then maybe just try a day or two with no devices, including you, mom and dad. Yeah, I see the fear of withdrawal already on your faces. Hey, I find it tough, but yeah. Camping is just one of multiple ways you can get outdoors, but do you see what's happening? You're building relationship with your kids with some amazing stories you get no other way, like forgetting your tents, getting within 20 yards of a bull moose. And as you build those relationships in the beauty of God's creation, you, you make much about Jesus. You talk to Jesus. You, you show your kids the evidence of God so that your kids marvel at the majesty and the power of our God. And, and one other thing we're doing we are pushing back against our culture that is raising a generation of wimps, right? I take that, it's not just me, I take that from a book written by the editor of Nothing Less Than Psychology Today, Hera Estroff Morano. Her book is called A Nation of Wimps, and she says current parenting trends that overprotect and hover have made kids vulnerable and anxious and unable to solve problems on their own. This is by far the most anxious generation to ever live, period. Another study says that we believe that our kids are in constant danger from creeps, kidnapping, germs, COVID, grades, flashers, frustration, failure, baby snatchers, bugs, bullies, men, sleepovers, and or the perils of the non-organic grape. <laughs> Society has forced us to consider the worst case scenario first, and then to act as if it's likely gonna happen. I mean, how debilitating is that? Social media plays on that constantly. I listened to a podcast called Cautionary Tales by Tim Harford, and one of my favorites is the one called The Halloween Poisoner. Now, he talks about candy laced with uh, needles and um, or cyanide and needles, uh, and, and that we've long been warned to be suspicious of sweet treats handed out by strangers at Halloween. Harford then looks at the data for over 30 years, and it seems that most stories of Halloween sadism are just that, stories. Yes, you heard about them on the news, you saw the interviews, but the truth is, for the most part, like, they're not true, 90% not true. Even those stories you hear about here in Fort McMurray, mostly not true. Um, you'll discover that there's never a charge made in connection with it. Listen to the evidence, it's a great podcast. And actually in his study, he found that 100% of the cases that he investigated over uh, 30 years were not true. I'll stick with 90%. 
friends, parents, we just need to chill. Be wise. You know, check the candy. Eat a portion of it to make sure, but, but chill, all right? Hey, how was King David raised so that he had the courage to take on Goliath and change history to the glory of God, right? You should read the Old Testament story in, I think it's 2 Samuel, of Benaiah who chased a lion into a pit on a snowy day. He lived to tell the story. He killed that lion. That act of faith and courage totally changed the direction of his life and led him to a life beyond his wildest dreams. He eventually became the commander-in-chief of Israel's army and second-in-command to the king. He lived to make a huge difference for God's purposes in his time. That's what we're after. That's the kid we want. How was he raised to be able to do that? What kind of environment is needed? What does a family look like that raises a kid so that rather than being afraid of lions, chases after them and prevails? A guy who served with Benaiah was Eliezer. He ends up in a battle with the Philistines where he's praying like it all depends on God and he's fighting like it all depends on him. And in the process, he is the last Israelite soldier standing. In the Old Testament book of 2 Samuel, we're told that Eliezer stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. He's tired, but he keeps going. He, he's so tired, but he's so determined his hand freezes to the sword. That's crazy. And God turns up and uses Eliezer to do the impossible. That's what we want. Kids who God uses to do the impossible. What kind of home raises a young man or woman to be the last Israelite standing? His or her hand frozen to the sword while God gives the victory. Do you want to raise your kids to be difference makers for God? Women and men who make this world a better place to live. You got to get them beyond the safe and cushy that is our culture. And one thing that can help, it's not the only thing, but it's one thing, you got to get them outdoors where they can experience risk, adventure, and the beauty of the outdoors while you're talking with them about God at the same time. you got to limit time on those devices. you just got to. King Solomon, who describes our children as arrows in the hands of warrior parents, he also wrote these words. Train up a child in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Again, the target is raising kids who so trust God that they have no fear about joining with God and making this world a better place. And as we do that, we are building till death do us part relationships with our kids where we continually make much about Jesus with our kids. And God is not calling us to raise up a bunch of wimps. No, our children are arrows. They are weapons of war. And God is calling us to raise up kingdom warriors who change this world as they live and love like Jesus. Again, outdoors is just one way we raise up kids and the way they should go. It's one effective way. I mean, I could do a message on the value of organized sports, but outdoor experiences are incredibly powerful with a lot of biblical backing. So are you ready to, to work at making those arrows to the target? Are you willing to throw in some outdoor work and play as part of that? Would you join me for a moment of prayer as, we, as I pray for that? Father God, your son, Jesus, was no wimp. 
He endured the cross and changed history forever. He changed my history. He changed the history of so many of us here. God, help us to wisely navigate what it means to raise up kids who will be on mission for you. Help us to balance our responsibility to provide safety and protection to our kids while not overprotecting them and robbing them of the challenges they need for healthy growth. Give us, yeah, God, give us Holy Spirit courage to be parents. And then fill us with your love, empowering us to love our kids with a love that builds lifelong relationship where we can make Jesus the center of our family. And thank you that every one of our kids has been called by you to make a difference in this world for you and to make this world a better place to live. We commit our kids to you in Jesus' name. Amen.